You have to trust that the dots will somehow connect in your future. You have to trust in something. Your gut, destiny, life, karma, whatever. Stay hungry. Stay hungry, stay foolish. Welcome to E-Commerce All-Stars, brought to you by Nadimo.com, where we help e-commerce entrepreneurs accelerate growth through modern technology and innovative thinking. Hey everyone, thanks for joining today's show with your host, Brandon Moscow, of course, and today I'm excited. I have Charlie Casey, he's the CEO of Loyalty Lion on the line, and, and we're going to have an interesting discussion. We're going to talk a lot about uh, challenges facing retailers and and why consumer or customer retention is so important, which is something that's very dear to my heart and I talk about quite often on the show. So thanks for joining us today, Charlie. Hey, Brandon. Yeah, great. Uh, pleasure to be here. Yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting show. You know, we talked a bit before the show about uh, Game of Thrones and through the twist that today we should do a whole show on on uh, how the Game of Thrones, what it's taught you about uh you know, the challenges facing retailers and all that. But we figure that might just be a very difficult topic to cover off. So uh, that all said, I would love it if you could introduce yourself, give us a little bit of a background on, on yourself and a little bit on loyalty line, and then we'll hop right into the conversation and the topic. Of course, of course. Um, so I, there's definitely a very long answer to this, uh, and I have a tendency to talk a little bit too much so just if you, if anything's interesting and you want to dig deeper just pause me okay. and uh we'll, we'll go in that direction um oh, so great. if i i'll do that and if you go long-winded i'll just be like hey, we're not interested in that charlie thanks a lot but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that's good for me too um okay so um yeah as, as you said i'm the co-founder and ceo of loyalty line um uh, I think it's probably a really good idea to, to kind of rewind the clock and say, well, how did I end up here? Uh, yeah. I, I am going to rewind to the age of six, but I'm not going to fill in everything in between. So, uh, that sounds good, man. As a, as a six year old kid, I already knew I wanted to start my own business, which is a very bizarre thing to come out and say, but it, it was, it was normal to me. Hey, my parents, my aunts, my uncle, my grandparents, they either, Ran their own companies or, or worked in sales, which is a bit like having your own company. So it was, it was kind of a norm for me. Uh, and I was always encouraged to just do whatever you wanted to do. And, um, my mom always used to say to me, like, people only use a fraction of their brain. So if you put your mind to it, uh, you can make it happen. Uh, which did unfortunately lead to me jumping down the stairs in our house once. Because I thought if I thought hard enough, I could learn to fly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the mind of a young child, eh? <laughs> yeah. Uh, didn't break, so didn't break anything. Well, it was all good. <laughs> um, so let, let's, let's fast forward a bit. So basically, I went off to university uh, and I, I studied economics. And uh, in my final year of exams, that itch came back to me. I was like, you wanted to start a business. So I tried to distract myself quite effectively during my final year, uh, sketching out business ideas. Um, but I thought, nope, get your degree, get a job, uh, prove that you're credible to the outside world so people actually listen to you. So uh, I managed to get myself a job as a technology consultant at Deloitte, um, which was, a, in hindsight, a fantastic place to start my career. 
differently. I was working on technology projects day in, day out, but also on the business side of things. So I was getting product and business learning on the job. Um, but then that desire to start my own company, it came back again. And after three and a half years at Deloitte, I negotiated a sabbatical and everybody asked me, so what's this great business idea you're going to start? <laughs> and I didn't have one. <laughs> oh, yeah. I just really, really knew I wanted to start a business. So I said, no, I'm going to press pause. Uh, I'm going to take this 12-month sabbatical unpaid and see what I come up with. Um, I'm pretty persuasive. So I convinced a good friend of mine to leave with me. And we set about working out on our first idea, um, which was a like a Instagram for sports, really. It it lasted four weeks. <laughs> uh, it was a pretty horrible learning curve where both sides of the market just told you we hate this. Oh, uh, yeah. In hindsight, that's normally like good indicator yeah. that you're onto something. But uh, anyway, my um my friend went straight back to Deloitte. He was like, "Look, this is just too high risk. I've I've got no money." And I thought to myself, "Well, I've got 11 months left on this." sabbatical do i go back or do i take the risk and continue so yeah you know the answer to that so i took the risk i continued um and i basically just took a piece of paper divided it into four and i wrote things i know a lot about and problems with them and then i started the next idea um which was in events and that's when i met my co-founder dave clark who's uh the company c cto uh and we've been working together ever since, and that was in 2011. So that's a, that's a very long time for co-founders to be working together in today's world. Uh, and then uh, together, we went off to Berlin. We, uh, we got into Europe's biggest startup accelerator program, beat 200 companies, uh, and we're in the fascinating city that is Berlin, and it was an amazing experience. Like, just chucked in at the deep end. We didn't know anything about business really at the time. And we were talking to different entrepreneurs and investors and just kind of soaking up as much as possible. Uh, and that's, that's when I started thinking about business differently. Like I flipped it on its head. I stopped trying to come up with ideas and instead looked for a really big problem, mm-hmm. something that's just going to get worse. Because what I noticed was all the companies there who had an idea, which included me too, if it didn't work, it was game over. Hey, that's it. No, you've got nothing to fall back on. But if you find a big problem, and one that's going to get worse in particular, you can keep trying to solve it in different ways until you do solve it. Uh, and that was that was a really big lesson for me. So um, mm. that's how Lord's Line started, actually. Um, the problem was, how do I engage and retain customers online? And this was back in 2011. Um, and it was it was clear to me that it was just going to get a whole lot worse like how do you engage and retain customers online yeah i can say a little bit more about that if you want well i'm actually i think it's very important point what you just said about you know solving a problem um when i was an entrepreneur i have an entrepreneurial degree um and one of the things that was mentioned to me at one point or another various times but was never actually taught into the curriculum which is kind of funny which was you know well what's a problem what's a problem you keep coming across or running into and that needs to be solved um, but if they would have dove deeper into it more in the way that you're talking about and actually spoke about it in regards to 
from the very beginning is because it's embedded into your mind right through schooling. Uh, that very concept of, well, what find an idea or yep. a product that yep. uh, people may want uh, or need and go and sell that to them. But reverse that and find out what's the problem out there, and then you can go and dig deeper into solving that problem. And then, yeah, if you, you fail to solve the problem on the first try, you still have the problem that's sitting there. Yep. If you can keep on building on your business model and your business to solve that problem and and you're not it's in a way it's kind of rethinking the whole approach to your business as opposed to going out of business right away. You just keep plugging away at it and and refining it and increasing it and making it better. And then what you're talking about too with, you know, customer retention and, and, and you know, and getting customers online and then retaining them. That is a big problem, and it's been a growing problem for many years. Um, mm-hmm. And it seems to be almost getting that much worse to me in many ways. Yeah, well, totally. I think um, back in 2011, 2012, it was, it, was, it was quite obvious it was going to get worse. Like, if you think about it, big explosive growth in e-commerce, uh, increasing competition, that, that just means more people want your customers. Um, but at the same time, it was getting more expensive to acquire customers, so retailers needed them to purchase more more often. So you need your customers to buy more often at the same time as you've got more competition trying to take them away from you. So it's a, it's a pretty ugly place to try and do business. And if you think about it on a deeper level, something else was happening too. Um, e-commerce isn't like brick and mortar. Like in the brick and mortar world, um, we, we call it the high street in the UK, but I don't think that's actually a term over in Canada. Brick and mortar is the right one, is it? Oh, I've, yeah, on my show, high street has been mentioned enough times that people should have <laughs> an understanding of what it is. Uh, but it's, right. yeah, no, I, I totally understand what you're saying with, with yeah. regards to that, yeah. Yeah, so you go into a physical shop, you talk with the owner or the assistant, you build a bit of a relationship, you engage, there's emotions in, involved there. Whereas online, that doesn't happen. You are totally invisible. So there's there's no emotional link between you and that brand. And that's a massive problem because we make most of our choices based on emotions. Yeah, we might think we're rational people, but we're not. We're all driven by emotions. Um, who we support as, like, as a team or a presidential candidate, it's all driven by emotions. Who we love and, and yeah, ultimately what we buy. So the real challenge here is how do you build loyalty without emotion? Oh, very good point. Very good question. Um, so, well, why don't I ask you that very question? Have you, have you solved that that question? Do you have an answer to it, or 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 what's what's your experience with that answer? I, it's it's definitely something that's one of those problems that you're just going to have to keep chipping away at. So, for us as a company, how do we solve that? We help merchants make their shoppers feel valued. So rather than just another faceless number, um, they, they, you demonstrate to them through the loyalty program, through points, through awards, through these subtle touches, that they're, they're not just another number, that there is a, a relationship here and that you are grateful for their business. And I think it doesn't even need to be a loyalty program. Just simply saying thank you goes a really long way. Mm-hmm. I would have to agree with you on that because 
I mean, when I hear the name Loyalty Lion, I mean, the, the, the name Loyalty, just the very word to me speaks so much. Um, mm. Loyalty is very, it's hard enough to get in the brick and mortar field. You have to have very committed um, customer service people and, and right from the top down, uh, everything has to work right with throughout the entire communication stream with your customers, I mean, everything. Um, and, I mean, building loyalty in a face-to-face brick-and-mortar is one thing. Building it online is an entirely different thing. Everybody initially, my, I mean, you can talk, tell me if I'm wrong on this, but my first gut is whenever somebody thinks about how do I build loyalty online, they go to a loyalty program. And, I mean... That's not saying that the loyalty programs don't work, and I'm, I mean that I think loyalty programs are awesome if they're done right. But the problem is, still, in a sense, if somebody still feels like a number, or oh yeah, you buy a hundred of this product and we'll give you one for free, that really doesn't make somebody feel overly valued. And I think well, they, need, so, they I need to feel special. Exactly. That's, uh, that's, feel that's like what people are looking for here. Like exclusivity privilege feeling feeling unique feel like an individual they they want that that emotional connection with the brand and um what what we say is yeah building loyalty is easy um you just need an amazing customer experience and yeah that's that's really easy right that's exactly what you said it's every single touch point that that shopper has with your business for all the way from the copy that you put in the ads on Facebook or Google to the first impression when they land to your store to, to the delivery options that you provide to the unboxing experience to the quality of the product to the follow up of the customer support to, to the loyalty program that then makes them feel a bit special and gives them a reason to return. Like all of these are just elements that every single one of them needs to be excellent in order for that individual to start feeling a level of loyalty towards a brand i think that's so well said um yeah absolutely i mean and i'll just give an example of one other thing that i i find kind of annoying in a way when it comes to loyalty programs is you go into a store and i'm going to talk brick and mortar for a moment because it's an easy one for people to visualize a little bit better but you go in you you buy out you put all your groceries for example into a cart you go up to check out and you need to have your your loyal card in order to get the discount. Yeah. And it's yep. like, well, you know what? I don't have it with me. So then I just throw out some. I throw out my phone number, and it's not actually me who's on the card because it's the previous person who had my phone number. Whatever. I don't really care. I just want to get my discount, and that's not building loyalty in any sense of the matter. Um, nope. You know, and. Yeah, so I guess, you know, like you said, there's so many different touch points and levels to that. And, and ultimately, like you said, it comes down to that full customer experience and then yep. the loyalty programs that you build into those. And, and I yeah, think so one of our, sorry to interrupt, one of no. our design principles when we first started all of this, because we were talking, we talked to hundreds of brands before we kicked this off. And all of them just told us, like, well, one of the most important things to us is our brand is that experience that people have when they come to our website. And so we knew right from day one that we couldn't create any friction whatsoever. You talk about going into a shop and forgetting your card. Like we yeah. knew from day one, our design principle had to be shopper lands on store. Shopper does has the complete same user experience 
but they just happen to get rewarded. Totally frictionless, no extra account, and that was our design principle from day one. And and, that, and that's what we stuck by. That's why if you land on a store that has is using Lines loyalty software, um, it will be branded the store's name. Um, you won't know it's Line. It will be called something like Pets Points or Pets Perks. Uh, you don't need to create an account with Line. Just create an account with the store and you're automatically enrolled and you just start collecting points. You don't even need to think about it. And then the rewards come automatically. Well, that's funny. That's a very good way to do it. And I'm, I, I commend you on that because one of the things that we talk about whenever I'm doing design or development uh, with our customers is we really push, and I mentioned this on the show a lot as well, is re- eliminate the friction. Yeah. Yep. And, and it's funny because people hear friction in different ways, but if you really get down to it, um, friction to me, I mean, when I say eliminate the friction, I'm talking about any pain point mm-hmm. on the site, right? Get get that whole flow from finding what you want easily right down to checking out in the most streamlined checkout process you can possibly have to make it simple and easy for your customers. Mm-hmm. Um, now, there's other pieces to that, but the thing about it all is really when you think about friction as, as a pain point, you don't want your customers to have any friction. Um, because what's friction do? It just kind of, it, 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 if you really think, it rubs them. It rubs them probably the wrong way and they're not going to want to come back. I That's mean, right. every little piece of friction causes a little bit more of a pain or a scratch or whatever you want to call it on them and they don't, and they don't enjoy that. Um, no. and so. It's incredibly easy for them to just go to a competitor. Yeah, online as well. In the, Brick and mortar, you've got to get in your car, you've got to walk, but on the comfort of your, your sofa in your living room, you just click and off you go. You're, yep. you're looking at the competitor site and, and that's it. So yeah, adding those, those friction points in and you're just going to increase the chance of, of customer churn. So you, you definitely want to be reducing those. Well, and here's a, here's another example of some friction points. I was, um, I find myself to be a fairly loyal shopper. Um, almost too loyal at times and online or off and so I'm online the other day and I was buying some parts for my Land Rover and I had filled up my cart with somebody who I had nice. pur- for good, a good British car yes I thought you might like that <laughs> you do like it <laughs> yeah. no one can afford uh, to run them in the UK with the petrol and diesel prices but that's cool <laughs> yeah no it's an old 71 Land Rover and, wow. and uh, it needed to get some parts for it and you know parts for for a British car in Canada aren't easy to come by um, and so I was I went online to a shop that I had bought from before uh, bought indirectly from them through eBay Mm-hmm. They did a good job of trying to brand themselves separate from eBay in their own way so that you would more than likely come back to their store. I oh. went back to their store, but I was having such so many little small friction points throughout the process that I I got tired of it, and I, I Googled something else. And next thing you know, I, I actually quite literally uh, wrote down or copy and pasted the part numbers that I had in my checkout, like oh. in my cart, pasted them into the search, added them to my cart, and within a minute I had loaded up my cart in another store and actually checked out and bought, and I actually bought from Britain. So it was, you know, to me it's like, okay, it was a much easier process for me to buy overseas 
than it was to buy, you know, it wasn't a good local. It still would have come from from the United States. So I mean, either way for me, I have to pay duties and and, and that sort of thing. But to me, it was a matter of which is the easier shopping experience, mm, mm. and what and what what felt easier to me, and where did I feel, in a sense, not in this case, it wasn't so much loyalty, except for the the it, it broke with the loyalty. I didn't feel. I needed to be loyal to them because it was becoming such a pain of a shopping experience. But everything was there. It was simple. It was easy. I sent them a quick question in a chat window. They weren't online, but they answered it as soon as they came back to the store. And it was, yes, we shipped to Canada. And actually, here's a 10% discount for shopping the first time with us. Thank you for, you know, those little things. (laughs) And I was like, okay. <laughs> you, you you talk about the friction points, but I actually think like e-commerce platforms like Shopify and Big Commerce have done a really great job at removing those friction points by standardizing some of the the, the regular flows. For example, the checkout. Um, so I think that's that's where some of the benefits of these these platforms have come from. Um, and obviously, we've already touched on on some of the challenges. Like Shopify and Big Commerce have created a, a vast amount of growth in e-commerce and uh, that's what we were saying like e-commerce grows at like 13 percent a year uh, and it's this increase in uh, competition that's like making it harder to to retain customers um there's a few other bits and pieces that we've noticed if you uh, want me to go on uh, yeah, no, which, which is making it even more challenging so actually we looked into i said earlier that um cost of ads has gone up we actually looked into how much more expensive it is to acquire customers and what you find is there's normally a platform that's really successful in its early days and then it just increases the prices because it wants to make more profit and that platform is facebook it is now 10 times more expensive to acquire a customer on facebook than it was five years ago so if that's how a retailer is trying to acquire customers then they're going to have to uh, retain them for a, a lot lot longer um some of the other challenges that we're seeing are direct-to-consumer. There's a big boom in direct-to-consumer, big brands like Unilever, Procter & Gamble, buying up companies like Dollar Shave Club and Harry's here in the UK, and then using their marketing billions to go to go into e-commerce and stop selling via Walmart or whatever store it might be and, and go into e-commerce in a big way. This is terrifying if you're, if you're in e-commerce. Like you've now got businesses that have hundreds of millions for marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say it's, what we've also observed is it's, it's not all doom and gloom. Like SMEs have a secret weapon. Like, and then that's what we were kind of talking about earlier, the emotional side. SMEs know their audience and they can focus on that audience like no larger company can and they can focus and connect on an emotional level. Um, and we have brands using Line who are brilliant at this. Like Lively, which is a um, women's lingerie and loungewear brand. If you go to their store, you'll see that their images and their copy perfectly resonate with the audience tastes and emotions. And that's that's only something that a smaller brand can do or an SME that's focused on a niche. Like large, faceless, generic sellers like Amazon, and you mentioned eBay, they can't do it. Like, they can't be everything to everyone. So I think that's that's what we've got here in e-commerce. We've got Shopify and big commerce creating a massive boom, uh, bringing lots of entrepreneurs in. And when those entrepreneurs focus on a niche and, and connect with their customers on an emotional level, 
they can be phenomenally successful alongside the people, the bigger players like Amazon and eBay. I would agree with you on 99% of that. <laughs> um, the only place I take issue, um, and I don't necessarily take issue with it, but Shopify and BigCommerce, they're great platforms, and I, and I really appreciate what they've done for the business um, mm-hmm. with regards to bringing bringing businesses in and bringing mm-hmm. uh, able to and people able to get involved in quicker. Um, I do believe that there are, and I won't get into it in great detail because we could have a long debate on this as well. Um, but I do believe that there are better options for you when it comes to actually building out your store and, and creating that custom level of experience that that I think is needed for for top level um, customer experience. Um, could be a uh, could be a fun follow up. Get a few people on. Create a, a lively debate. Oh, I actually, that's so funny because the show that we did last week, um, actually, we talked about the exact same point. <laughs> so really? I'm getting I'm getting a number of people here who are interested in debating, and it almost sounds like debating me on the point of uh, Shopify or Big Commerce. <laughs> but I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm a Big Commerce and I'm a Shopify partner. Um, I don't have I I just believe that I I believe from a development perspective and building your store, I believe that. Uh, open source it allows you for a lot larger customized level of experience mm-hmm. and that's and I believe that that in itself is not for everybody um, mm-hmm. so don't get me wrong and that's why I'm also a partner with those organizations um, but I think you're right we could have a very lively debate on that topic and that's why I, I want to steer clear of it um, but I do agree um, with that very aspect I mean E-commerce itself has grown, I think, at 11%, you mentioned. Um, and then if you look at the, the sheer volume of customers and um, that Shopify has, mm-hmm. or Shopify's growth, for example, in that same period of time has been exponentially higher than that. So, I mean, you, you have to look at, um, I mean, that just shows you right there that there's a big boom in e-commerce. Um, and I do, I'm a big fan and advocate of the niche target still uh, yeah. many we, years have been saying the same thing and it allows you to target and really speak to your customer yeah we love working with that type of business so when dave and i set out and built loyalty line obviously we were faced with well this is a problem for everyone who do we want to solve it for and it was very easy for us to just pick smes because we thought that's the sort of business that we want to help. They're the sorts of businesses that will feel this pain more than others. And the people behind them are awesome. They are founders. Right? When we talk to our customers and we hear their stories, it's brilliant. Like you've got um, people who are on maternity or paternity leave and have decided to start a business uh, towards the end of that time and, and, it, and it's taken off. Or you've got people who just have a light bulb moment when they're in work and they're like, right, no, I'm out of here. I'm going to start an e-commerce business. I can solve this. Um, or we, we've got people who've, um, they've retired and, um, they've drawn their pension and they're like, no, like, I'm, like, I still want to work. I, I'm, I've still got a good brain and I'm still ambitious. Um, I just want something that I can, I can run out of my home. And it's, it's really cool to have that spectrum. So we've got that spectrum all the way down from like mom and pop, uh, lifestyle businesses all the way to, the rocket ships like Dr. Axe, who's now called Ancient Nutrition, and they've raised a hundred million. Like, 
were, and they still found a run. And that's really cool. That's, uh, that's why we, we run this business for the people that we do. Very awesome. Uh, so many, so many, uh, parallels to our, uh, the demographic or whatever you want to call it that, that we both reach out to and work mm. with. It's kind of interesting from that perspective as well. Um, I do want to, uh, to, you know, wrap things up here. Uh, I'd like to wrap it up with, you know, obviously if there's anything else that's been unsaid that you wanted to touch on, we can do that. Um, mm-hmm. But I wanted to wrap it all up with any final words of wisdom that you might have. Um, and how people you. Sure. Um, so I think I mentioned it briefly earlier, but this is going to sound really strange. Uh, my final words of wisdom includes not every store needs a Lord to program, but every store needs a loyalty strategy. Like I said, saying thank you is incredibly powerful. Send handwritten notes, send messages on people's birthdays. Like for every business in the world, 20% of your customer base will make up the vast majority of your revenue. So yes, you might not have time to do this for everyone, but do it for that 20%. So everyone needs a loyalty strategy. Um, and I, I'd like to tell you a little bit about what we've learned as well. Um, coming back to the wisdom point, uh, we're, we're lucky enough to have over 5,000 merchants worldwide using loyalty line. And like I said, I love talking to them. Um, and I love finding problems. So, I came up with loyalty line by thinking, what's a big problem? I don't stop doing that now. I just keep asking people for their problems. Uh, and what I hear is, we don't have enough time. Mm. Uh, and this I hear time and time again. And it makes sense. They're, they're going to be bootstrapped. Uh, they're probably only, they've probably got the headcount they need to do the job, or maybe people are actually doing the jobs of two or three people. So what we hear is, we don't have enough time. And, uh, Unless someone invents the DeLorean time machine um, from Back to the Future, that problem is never, never going to go away. That's uh, one of my favorite films, by the way. Just <laughs> oh, one of mine, <laughs> too. <laughs> it? Uh, yeah. Love it. Um, yeah, so unless someone invents a time machine, that problem is not going anywhere. So my advice is basically to merchants and e-commerce marketers, stop doing the mundane loyalty tasks. Stop importing the data. Stop churning through Excel. Stop building mini models. And make sure your software does this for you. Then you get some time back so you can do the imaginative and build emotional relationships. And I think that's really, really important. Like, um, I think, did you ask, uh, how you can get a hold of us? I think you did. Yeah. The line might have broken up. That was the yeah. last um, thing I wanted to talk about. So, yes, how um, can people get a hold of you? Okay. So, um, website, loyaltyline.com. Um, we've got a really cool resource on there, which is our um, Loyalty Academy. So for it's free for anyone who wants to learn more about loyalty and loyalty strategies. It's just at the bottom, so that's a, that's a good resource. And obviously, we're on all main social media. And if you want to get in touch with me directly, um, add me on LinkedIn. Just look up Charlie Casey Loyalty Line. Send me a direct message. Uh, reference this podcast, uh, and I'll do my best to get back to you. I would love to talk to you. Sounds fantastic. Well, thank you for your time, Casey. Uh, Casey. <laughs> I just looked at your last name on my screen there, Charlie. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a first name. Uh, let me, let me see part of the world. So, yeah, that's confusing. I get called Casey in emails, too. Oh, that's, it's because 
you know, you have a, a last name and a first name that can both be, you know, flipped around. But yeah. regardless, yeah. I should have just said Mr. Casey. Uh, <laughs> so thanks for your time, Charlie. Appreciate it. I think you've shared a lot of information and wisdom <clears throat> throughout the show. And I think people who really want to dive in further into loyalty um, side of things, which should be everybody listening to the show who has a store uh, or is even thinking of building one, uh, should definitely check, look into it. Um, I haven't gone to your Loyalty Lion Academy. I think I might just check it out just because I'm curious about it. Um, and so I would suggest people do that. I mean, if, if any free resource is always worth looking at. Um, and when it's an actual, like, academy, as you call it, that's always really helpful because it's, um, someone once said, I think, the, use the internet as your, um, the school of the internet and I said the problem with the school of the internet is that there's no real curriculum um, and so I think when you know when you can find some an organized area of information specific to one point like loyalty uh, it's mm. always worth checking out so hopefully people listening will check that out as well um, but anyhow again thanks for being on the show I really appreciated it absolute pleasure it was a lot of fun Thank you. Thank you very much, Brandon. Just one second here. You have to trust that the dots will somehow connect in your future. You have to trust in something. Your gut, destiny, life, karma, whatever. Stay hungry. Stay hungry, stay foolish. Welcome to E-Commerce All-Stars, brought to you by Nadimo.com, where we help e-commerce entrepreneurs accelerate growth through modern technology and innovative thinking.